just so you all know, we have built a blanket fort here on the floor of my pastor's office to help with the sound quality of this episode. I'm Anu Kumar. And I'm Madeline MacArthur. And this is Bridging the Synapse. So again, welcome to the second episode (laughs) of Bridging the Synapse. So today, we're going to talk about the enteric system. Ooh. (laughs) So Anu, what is the enteric system? Madeline, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) So the uh, enteric nervous system is basically a second brain in your stomach, or I guess your GI tract. Very, very interesting. But it's not, it's not completely a second brain because it can't do all the same things that your regular brain can do, your central nervous system can do. So you have a brain in your stomach, but it's not like sentient. You know, it doesn't have like a conscience. That would be terrifying. That would be extremely terrifying. But yeah, so the enteric nervous system is really interesting because it kind of you kind of like get to understand a little bit more about like the gut brain microbiome so Mm -hmm. kind of like how all of the things that live in your stomach including the neurons that live in your stomach kind of like communicate with each other and how they're influenced by what you eat and what you drink and how that influences stuff like your mood and your performance and your ability to like stay awake all that sort of stuff so that's essentially what the enteric nervous system is yep and like anu said it is located in your gi tract which is basically starts from your esophagus all the way down through your system such substances exit your body exactly so that's like it's a pretty like long span it is uh, of your body and the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because it's really cool (laughs) you have a second brain it's not really a second brain want to preface that but it's like a second brain because there are millions and millions of neurons in your gut i mean it really is you kind of think about like how like what you eat influences your mood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you think about getting like hangry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like being exactly. hangry is actually a phenomenon that everyone experiences, not just like a pop psychology thing. Your mood is actually influenced by the type of food that you eat and how that just like interacts with the compounds that you eat in the food, all that sort of stuff. We do want to get a little bit more into like what exactly is the enteric nervous system? Like, we know it's, like, basically a second brain, but not really in your gut, essentially. (laughs) So, like, whenever we say, like, the enteric nervous system, we do mean that it's, like, you know, all the way from your esophagus down through the end of your uh, large intestine. But for, I don't know, reasons untold, um, I'll probably just refer to as, like, the gut or, like, your gut brain um, or just, like, the enteric nervous system. But just know that whenever we say enteric nervous system, that encompasses, like, the entire span of that GI tract. One thing that I find really fascinating about the enteric nervous system is the fact that it has a bunch of serotonin neurons all throughout. So one thing I didn't know was that um, something we discussed in our drugs and behavior class mm-hmm. was that t- only like 2% of the serotonin neurons that actually exist in our body is present in our brain. So like central nervous system, inside our skull, all that sort of stuff. Yep. The other 98% or approximately 98% is located in the enteric nervous system. So you've got all of these like serotonin neurons just like lining your GI tract. Which is interesting because I think when people don't think of like neurotransmitters which is what a 
which is what serotonin is, existing outside of -hmm. the central nervous system, which again is just your brain and your spinal cord. But then the question becomes, if 98% of the serotonin molecules in your body are in your gut, what is that doing to your second brain? What does that mean for your second brain? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. Um, Well, I know serotonin, um, very like popularly studied neurotransmitter. Um, One thing that's like associated with is just like anxiety disorders. If you have too much of it, you have like lots of like panic, anxiety. Um, A lot of low levels of serotonin are associated with like depression, like um, being fatigued, Mm -hmm. being lethargic. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of anhedonia involved in that. Not 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 fun time. So like yeah. balancing serotonin levels in your brain is very important. Um, and so if it's important for your central nervous system, it definitely is very important for your enteric nervous system because I mean you have a lot more of those serotonin uh, neurons located throughout your your uh, enteric nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I just like explained a little bit about like what serotonin is. So it is a neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. It is involved with just kind of like regulating mood, even though the enteric nervous system isn't like completely like a second brain, even yep. though it sort of is, but sort of is not. A lot of the same signaling properties that like the central nervous system has, the enteric nervous system has. Yeah, so our knowing how serotonin works in the central nervous system can indicate you know what's happening in the enteric nervous system in this second brain um, so it can lead so I, I would even say like we can take what we've studied with the central nervous system and apply it to the enteric nervous system to mm-hmm. an extent mm-hmm. because there's researchers have seen a lot of commonalities between um, how serotonin acts in the brain and how it acts in the enteric system and the signaling is quite similar between neurons in the brain and also in the uh, second brain and the gut brain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so we have different categories for our nervous systems. We have a lot. Uh, so our main two are the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. The central nervous system, like Madeline and I have already said, it just encompasses your brain and your spinal cord. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. It's in like the center of your body. Yeah, central, 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 center. Yeah, yeah. And so peripheral nervous system are all of the uh, nerves, neurons that are radiating out from your spinal cord and your brain. Um, going into like all different corners of your body, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, going out into uh, like your hands, your feet, legs, your neck. It's the reason why you can like take in sensory information from the outside, your environment, and like those signals are relayed to your central nervous system. And then that's whenever like a bunch of processing happens and you have you have figure out, you know, is this hot or is this cold? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I in danger? Am I not in danger? Can I sleep here? Do I have to fight something? All that yeah. sort of stuff. So that's where that flight or fight response comes in Mm -hmm. is in this periphery nervous system exactly and uh, from there the peripheral nervous system can be divided into two further nervous systems there's the somatic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system right so the uh, somatic nervous system it controls all of like our voluntary movements so when you say like I am going to shake this person's hand that's your somatic nervous system because it's controlling voluntary movements autonomic nervous system on the other hand is like involuntary um, movement so it, it can also be described as sort of like the homeostatic 
movements of your body. So it's like um, like whenever you're sweating, whenever it's super hot outside uh, and you start sweating, that um, is your autonomic nervous system uh, saying like, hey, it's my body's getting really hot. We should do something to cool down. But you yep. can't control that. If you're hot, you just feel hot and you just start sweating. You cannot just think really, really hard and be like, I'm going to start sweating right now. Yeah. I Can't mean, happen. like, if, if that happens, I have I have no idea if that's, like, even possible. But if, if you can somehow control your sweat glands, please, like, hit us up and let us, like, I don't know, interview you or something. Yeah, that would be super cool. Maybe <laughs> it's a new superpower. The sweating on command. Exactly. <laughs> a brand new superpower. The enteric nervous system is part of the autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. right? So, like, kind of like what we just said, the, the autonomic nervous system controls things that we can't control. So stuff like digestion, whether you want to digest your food or not, it's gonna happen, right? So it's like very involuntary, very like homeostatic uh, types of processes. Which is a good thing because you don't necessarily want to be thinking, you know, I ate this apple, now I have to digest it. You want your body to be able to take care of that. That's what evolutionarily we, our bodies have developed. You know, our bodies are able to take care of us when we don't necessarily think about it that much. Yeah, which is, like you said, a very good thing. It is a very good thing. So like we said, that there's the autonomic system and then there's the somatic system. So continuing with the autonomic nervous system, Mm -hmm. it is further divided into the sympathetic and parasympathetic. And the easiest way to remember this is to think about that standard that standard saying of fight or flight, you know, if something happens, what's your reaction to be? Are you a fight or a flight person? Well, you technically have both in you, but I'd like to think I, fi- I would fight, but I don't. I don't know. Hopefully I'll never have to find out. I definitely don't want to find out. <laughs> anyway, so thinking about the sympathetic nervous system, it's, be- it's telling your body to turn on some systems while turn off other systems. So your heart rate isn't going to increase, so your blood flow is going to Um, increase to your limbs so that you'll be able to you know if you need to run away you'll run away but that means the blood flow that's maybe in your gut that maybe you just ate something well your body's not going to really worry about digesting that food just now it's going to wait to do that and rather that rather than digesting you're gonna run Mm -hmm. so your body kind of prioritizes you know what needs to be done now what can be done later again in a flight or fight scenario if you need to run away if you need to like do some fighting your body is going to send that blood flow to your limbs and you'll be able to react in whatever way you need to and you won't be digesting food like I said or um, if you're in a scenario where the parasympathetic nervous system is going to be kicked into action you're you may have the opposite happen where you will have a reduced heart rate so maybe you don't need to, you aren't in that situation where you have to have a quick reactionary reflex. You can, you'll be able to slow down more, your body will let you digest, You'll because your blood will be able to go to your gut and digest that food, and you'll have a reduced heart rate because your blood flow will be lower. So yeah, so we included like what the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems are because the enteric nervous system, even though it's classified underneath as just like generally autonomic nervous system it still communicates with both the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system so it's basically saying like it's like signals from your environment saying like hey there's this really dangerous thing i have to like either 
like fight or run away from Mm -hmm. then like those nervous systems that are recognizing the threat need to communicate with the other nervous systems in your body like other subsets of the nervous system in your body to say like hey so we need to run away so please do not digest that apple you just ate you need to redirect blood flow into your legs and not into your gut exactly and if there's no communication all that stuff would not work and you would just be like wasting a bunch of energy digesting all those apples instead of running away so now we're just going to talk about generally how neurons work because we haven't really got into that on the podcast yet and that's kind of the basics of all of neuroscience is how do neurons work so basically what is a neuron it is the cell that is in your nervous system that is communicating uh, mostly motor and sensory um, signals, sending them either to or from your muscles so that you can move in whatever way is necessary for your body in that moment. Mm -hmm. So the anatomy of a neuron uh, consists of four main parts. There's the cell body, which contains all the organelles that um, can be found in most other um, cells throughout your body but any organelles you'll find them in the cell body and then you'll have the axon which if you think of I guess I would uh, my best analogy is like a cane mm-hmm. so you know you have a, you have the top of the cane which has like a place for you to like grip it and then you have the long um, part of the cane where which just like the stick part that is the axon the stick part is the axon the top part of the cane where you can hold it is um, the cell body And so the axon is where you have action potentials occur. And action potentials are basically the signals that allow neurons to communicate with each other. With the axon, um, at the end of the axon, you have uh, the axon terminal, which is where all all of these action potentials accumulate and they kind of come together and then they either, they help release neurotransmitters into what is what we call the synapse and the synapse is basically a space between two neurons like the top of one neuron and the bottom of another neuron and helps them communicate Mm -hmm. so just to recap you have the top of the neuron which is the cell body then you have the axon and then the axon terminal and then the synapse which is between two different neurons Mm -hmm. So yeah, so like Madeline said, this is pretty much um, how they communicate. Like the anatomy is really important because the anatomy is set up to efficiently communicate Mm -hmm. uh, between two neurons. Um, And sometimes this can happen between like multiple neurons. Like one neuron can send out signals to multiple neurons at the same time. Um, And they can also, and like one neuron can receive signals from multiple neurons. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more ways we could dive into this and like and complicate it because because there's definitely definitely a lot where we could talk about different types of just like summation for signals and like timing of signals but for but for time's sake 
And for the purposes of this podcast. Right. We're just going to leave it as neurons have these like four main uh, anatomy parts. And they yeah. do communicate with each other via action potentials releasing neurotransmitters mm-hmm. to the postsynaptic neuron or like the receiving neuron. Yeah. And yeah. one of the great things about science and why the world of science, what we study makes sense is a lot of our professors like to say that structure dictates function Uh so the structure of the neurons dictate how it works and why it works Mm -hmm. so just talking about this the anatomy of a neuron and why it is the way it is is really important because nothing would be able to function this way if it wasn't structured in this way if this anatomy didn't exist neurons might not be firing the way they they do now or that we have studied them to be Um, so that's again brief overview All right, so now that we kind of like went over the anatomy of a neuron and how uh, the enteric nervous system works in a very basic level, let's talk about what could happen when we have problems with the enteric nervous system. So just in case uh, you forgot what the enteric nervous system is, because we did go into some anatomy for, you know, a brief commercial break, uh, (laughs) the enteric nervous system is essentially the, quote, second brain that lines your GI tract, which is, again, your esophagus to the very end of your large intestine, you know, spanning the entire, uh, the entire, like, length of your body, for the most part. this is not a sentient brain. Yes. It is not a true second brain. It's just what neuroscientists like to call it. Can you just imagine if you had just like a second conscience like in your gut? I mean, sometimes it does feel like my stomach has a mind of its own. (laughs) And you know, five cookies later, you know, I think my second brain wanted those. But then my, you know, primary, my real brain is like, that was a terrible decision. Why did you do that? (laughs) So maybe I do have a second brain. It sometimes feels like it. Very true. Very true. So one of the things, so when we have issues with our central nervous system, so like the brain in our skull, we tend to have a lot of like different like mental dysfunctions, which can lead to other dysfunctions depending on where those uh, like deficits are, either like physically, um, like the like the brain has not developed correctly, or there's some like miscommunication between cells. Right. And then so like an example that I used earlier was just like uh, the improper amount of serotonin being released. If you have too much, sometimes you can set off like an internal panic, um, whether that's manifested as just like silent, like anxiety. You're just kind of like freaking out on the inside or like your sympathetic nervous system comes online. You just start like sweating or you feel your heart start to race, all that sort of stuff. And or even on the flip side, if you have too little serotonin, then you can just feel super like lethargic and depressed and antisocial. Um, so that is very synonymous with what happens in the enteric nervous system, right? So like when we talked about the anatomy of the cell, the anatomy is still the same in the enteric nervous system as it is in the central nervous system, right? So like we still have the same anatomy, we still have the cell body, the action potentials, synapse between the neurons, all that sort of stuff. And so because these two systems are so similar with how they communicate, a lot of, a lot of times whenever you have problems with one nervous system, you will see manifestations of problems in the other nervous system. If you know someone who has like Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's disease, sometimes like memory deficits will also be accompanied by um, gastrointestinal 
uh, issues mm -hmm. as well. So like maybe they're not digesting food properly or maybe um, they have a hard time like using the bathroom, all that yep. sort of stuff. And then so issues with the enteric nervous system, whether that's just communication with the enteric nervous system or the enteric nervous system itself leads to GI problems. So this can be either like your stomach is not digesting food properly, um, it's not handling food very well or like specific types of food this can be this can like manifest in like different levels of okay this can like manifest in like different ways so like sometimes you might get like a stomach ache if you eat <clears throat> i don't know like something with like gluten in it or something i don't know yeah if you uh, have like, a gluten intolerance yeah if you have like a gluten intolerance maybe not like celiacs but like a slight intolerance to gluten then you might feel like slight discomfort, your stomach might hurt, and you might get like hives or something, but you're not at like a life or death sort of situation. However, if you have something like Crohn's disease, it's very, very difficult to just like just like live comfortably, you know, mm -hmm. because you have to you have to eat to live to get this fuel to move around to do all these sort of things, just like living essentially. And then like something like Crohn's disease makes it really hard for you to like digest food properly to get the proper nutrients you need and it, and it can sometimes give you a lot of like like nutritional restrictions um, same with like celiac disease as well so why is this important i mean your gut's very important your gut is super important but i feel like this talking about the enteric nervous system is important because it, it it outlines so clearly why learning about communication between neurons is essential mm -hmm. and also learning how systems in your body like different the different nervous systems whether it's the peripheral nervous system to the central nervous system like how they communicate and how you're able to live and how you're able to react to things in your environment mm -hmm. um, it's so important so essential so that's one of the reasons why I love talking about the enteric nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. I guess just like coming from since you like emphasize the importance of like how this can really show us how like neurons can communicate effectively and like if that's not effective, you see like all these different problems arise. Coming mm -hmm. from just kind of like I guess like a non-academic standpoint of why this is important is just like. Uh, actually that no, there isn't some truth there is truth behind the statement of like what you eat is kind of like like you are what you eat you oh, know if you so true if you eat a lot of things that are just like not very nutritional uh, for yourself it becomes very hard to focus to stay healthy and that's just like I feel like that statement is a no-brainer but like sometimes we forget that our body is like almost like this this thing that we're living inside yeah you know what I mean like we have I, I joke about like our stomach not having sentience but just like our our central nervous system our brain inside our skull if we want to get like a little metaphysical right now we we provide our own sentience you know like we are sentient we have a conscience that we are occupy like occupying this body in and like our enteric nervous system is kind of like an example of like it's like a physical it's like a physical nervous system without the sentience you know and so that is like solely responsible for communicating with the other nervous systems in your body saying like hey we should probably digest this food um, or we should not digest this food or we should take the nutrients in from this food all that sort of stuff um, and so like one thing we didn't really talk about but like I feel like is mentioned very 
very often. It's just kind of like you get a lot of your nutrients from like the digestive process. Mm-hmm. You know, just like kind of like when uh, when the food is getting digested and it's like moving through your large intestine, you're still your body is still absorbing nutrients and your enteric nervous system is still spanning like your large intestine. Like it's still, it's still considered the enteric nervous system. And so if, if you're not eating things that are like nutritionally like relevant to your body. And I say that because it's like some people do have celiac disease. Some people do have like Crohn's disease and like, that's not something they can control. Um, So like you have to be careful of like what you eat. That's like nutritional to your body. That really affects how you function. You know, because, like, your enteric nervous system communicates to your central nervous system. So if you go, you know, like, if you if you normally eat breakfast and you skip breakfast one morning, like, mm-hmm. that can really, really, like, affect your ability to focus or, like, really, like, make you a little cranky. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, so, like, this is, like, another way for me to say just, like, try your best to eat healthy. Um, and this kind of, like, goes on, like, the other side, too, of just, like, you know, access to, like, healthy foods is very mm-hmm. important. And that's not something everyone has. Like, a lot of these things, like, are affected by, like, not having appropriate, like, nutritional mm-hmm. food. So then it becomes a more of just, like, this isn't just neuroscience. Like, neuroscience can be applied to a lot of different areas in life. Not yeah. just, like, not just, like, mood or social, like, aspects or, like, physical aspects, but also, like, socioeconomic aspects, you know. 100%. You know, yeah. so, like, this is something that affects everybody because everyone's got an enteric nervous system. How well it functions depends on, like, the genetic makeup of, like, you. Of you, of, like, the person. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes, you know, your environment does, like, play a very important role mm-hmm. of, like, how your nervous system is, like, functioning. You know, inv- like, genetics are very important, Um, But, like, the environment that you place yourself in or are placed in, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it is or is not in your control, like, it really, it it affects you. And I think people, I don't think a lot of people, like, understand that fully. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, your environment has, like, the ability to make or break some of your nervous systems. Which is kind of scary to think about. Mm -hmm. But if you have, you know, if you're fortunate enough to, you know, have access to nutritional food and a, like a well-balanced diet taking that control and knowing that you're almost paying it forward for your body and for your nervous systems while they're communicating knowing that you're putting yourself up for success or putting your setting yourself up for success um, that's really awesome and key and important to living you know a healthy balanced life yeah exactly so yeah if you especially if you do have access to like nutritional food definitely like don't take that for granted yeah you know because if if you're just like shoving a bunch of candy bars in your body because like why not well i mean <laughs> you should probably lean towards the not but i don't, don't feel guilty if you indulge yeah i mean definitely indulge but if your diet is like only candy bars you, you may want to add something green in there <laughs> like vegetables not like green colored candy bars or <laughs> anything i don't know <laughs> Bridging the Synapse is produced, edited, and written by us, Anu Kumar and Madeline MacArthur. Production assistance is provided by John Kennedy from the Daily Beacon. Music in this episode is from Pottington Bear. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. We also release one episode a month in conjunction with the Daily Beacon. 
You can contact us via our email, which is bridgingthesynapse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at SynapseBridge and on Instagram at bridgingthesynapse. For more information about this podcast and to check out what sources we use for this episode, visit us on Anchor or our Facebook page, which is Bridging the Synapse Podcast, or our medium publication, Bridging the Synapse. We hope you've learned something new today, and we'll see you in the next episode. Oh god, I need air out of this fort. (laughs)